Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. If you have your Bible, smartphones, tablets, and you want to follow along uh, in the Scripture, we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 4, uh, verses 1 to 9, the passage that was uh, read to you. We are in part 10 of our walk through Philippians, and so passage that we're looking at today, and, and as I was looking at these nine verses, um, there were about six sermons that I wanted to preach out of, the, uh, out of those, and I would have kept you here to about two o'clock this afternoon doing that, and I'm not going to do that. So I tell you that just to tell you, there's a lot of this passage that I'm going to skip. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but uh, I'm, I'm going to just preach one sermon this morning. This morning, I want to home in on praying through anxiety. I know what it means to be anxious, and I bet you do too. Some of you listening may even suffer from an anxiety disorder. Uh, if you know what it's like to be anxious, you will know how unhelpful it is for someone to say, don't be anxious. I, I know some of you are, are, are anxious about the COVID restrictions, uh, being lifted. A few weeks, we may be able to come to church without masks. Some of you will cheer that on. Others of you are saying, not sure. If you watch the news, oftentimes we can get anxiety over the news, and especially what's happening in Ukraine these days. I know some of you have, have family members, and, and for some of you, they've been making wrong choices. And you're anxious about what they're doing and who they're becoming. And uh, for some of you, you're in a relationship that causes you anxiety. This morning, I want to give you some handles on how to pray through your anxiety. And here's where I want to start. There are all kinds of things in our life that we can worry about. There are things that can cause us fear. But here is what I want you to know. It is God's will for you to walk in peace. And so when you are praying for peace, you know you are praying in the will of God. There are some of you who are saying, well, of course it's God's will that I walk in peace. And there's others of you who are saying, I'm not sure that that is even possible. For all of you, I want you to know that it's God's will for you to walk in peace. The Bible talks about two kinds of peace. There is the peace with God, and there is the peace of God. Peace with God is talking about our salvation, becoming connected to um, God through his son, Jesus Christ. We were alienated uh, from God by sin. We had broken his law. We had rebelled against him. Uh, We preferred our way rather than his way. We preferred darkness rather than light. We wanted to um, do what we wanted to do. We were enemies of God. God was not our enemy, but we were enemies of God. And uh, we stayed that way in our rebellion. But God, who is full of mercy and rich in compassion, sent his son to die on the cross for us, to deal with our sin, to deal with our rebellion, Jesus took our sin and he gave us his righteousness. And with that gift comes the ability to walk into this 
profound relationship with the God of the universe where he comes into your life, but you are also in him. And you have this relationship and God surrounds you. Um, and as we give our lives to him and as we, as we walk with him, the Bible says we have peace with God. We're no longer enemies with him. Peace with God is the foundation for experiencing the peace of God. The kind of peace I'm talking about today is only available to those of you who are Jesus followers. You put your faith in who Jesus is, and you're following him with your life. The kind of peace I'm talking about is not available to your, your non-Christian neighbors. Um, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, I, include, I would encourage you, even while I'm talking right now, to just say some silent prayer and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm going to follow you. Jesus promised peace. Here's what he said in John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. If you are a follower of Jesus, he has promised you peace. This peace is different from your non-Christian neighbor, uh, but it is a peace that comes with Jesus. With that, let us dig into our passage in Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There are a lot of commands here, but please do not break this passage down into a formula. The passage was never meant to be a formula. It was meant to be a way of life. So don't say, okay, I... I know I need peace, so I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Yay, God! And I'll say it again. Yay, God! Uh, let your gentleness be ever done. I don't know what that means, but um, the Lord is near. Okay, God, yeah, I, I realize you're near. Don't be anxious about it. Oh, that doesn't help. But in everything by prayer, so I'm going, to, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to make petition. This was never meant to be a formula. This was meant to be a way of you abiding with Jesus in the middle of anxiety. It's a way of plugging into Jesus and his power in the middle of a life where things have gone sideways. So let's start verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Here's the beginning of peace. Rejoice in the Lord always. This is not saying rejoice uh, for your circumstances. Saying rejoice in the Lord in your circumstances. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he tells them about the hardships he's been through. He's been shipwrecked, he's been in prison, he's been beating, beaten, there's been challenges to ministry. And in the middle of this list, here's what he says, 2 Corinthians 6:10. It says this: I'm sorrowful yet rejoicing. He tells the people in Colossae. 
Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. Now I, I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Paul, Paul did not like pain. That, that's, that's not why he was rejoicing. He had learned the secret of what it means to live uh, rejoicing in the Lord. The word carries with it the idea of a soul taking joy in something. There's a sense of, there's a good underlying even the stuff that is difficult on the surface. Kind of like being in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. And you're there, maybe you've had a bad week, or you're in the middle of a crisis, but you can't help but look up and say, wow, those are, those are beautiful. That's really good. Those are, those, those are lovely. But Jesus, he's more beautiful than an incredible sunset. If you see him for who he is, you can rejoice in the Lord even when things are hard. That's why worship is so important. God does not need our worship, but we need to worship God. He's worthy of our praise, and when we fail to worship him, something within us is deadened. Worship even when you feel anxious. Worship God even when life is hard, because worship changes our perspective. Worship increases our faith. Worship brings the presence of God into our situation. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. And he goes on, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Some people divide their lives. They, they have an emotional life, and they have a... Um, and then there's the way they behave, and if their emotional life is really off-kilter, then they can blame their behavior on their emotional life. Or sometimes they think the two are disconnected. How you treat people and how you feel on the inside are disconnected. Here's what you need to know. What you say to people matters. Let your gentleness be evident to all. In case you don't get the behavior matters, and in verse 9 of this passage it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the peace and, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is, is saying, put into practice what you know. When you do that, the God of peace will be with you. Now I find it interesting at the end of verse 5, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And then at the end of verse 9, it says, and the God of peace will be with you. It gives us this unqualified statement that the Lord is near. However, in verse 9, it gives this qualified statement. You put into practice what you know, the God of peace will be with you. What's going on there? God is everywhere present. God is close by. He's closer than your next breath. When Paul says the Lord is near, it's helpful to remember when we're rejoicing in the Lord because he's there. It's helpful to, uh, to remember when it comes to how we act among people because God is, is close by. But when, the God, when Paul says the God of peace will be with you, he's talking about companionship. He's not just... Uh, around, but the two of you are together and you're walking this journey together. You're, you're journeying with one another. He's with you. If you want to have peace, put into practice what you know. 
If you want to have peace, put into practice what you know. There's some of you who hear me say that and instantly you are overwhelmed. There are so many things that you should be doing, but sometimes it feels like just getting out of bed is an accomplishment. It's really important to develop good habits, good daily habits like Bible reading and prayer and worship. It's good to develop good weekly habits like uh, taking a Sabbath day, attending church, being in a discipling relationship. It's important to, to do good and to, to develop good habits, but good habits aren't developed overnight. And it's really hard to develop a bunch of habits uh, at the same time. And if you're overwhelmed by anxiety and you're inundated by fear, then developing any kind of habit is just really challenging. Here's what you need to know. Forget about all the lists of shoulds. God has given you everything that you need to follow his will today. I know a lot of us have a tendency to, of shooting ourselves to death. I should do this, I should do that. God will not require any more of you today than he knows that you can do. And in fact, he probably won't require as much as you think you're capable of doing. His goal is peace through, uh, in your heart through a deep relationship with him. So it's not about scurrying around and doing this and doing that. Um, here's what we do. We say, God, there's so many things that I, I think I should be doing. So many thing, good things I could be doing. What would you have me to do today? Sit with that question for, for a few moments. And you'll find God bringing to mind what you're called to today. God is not a taskmaster who drives you. God is a shepherd who leads you into green pastures. Do not get into the shoulds and the ought tos and the need tos. Just look to God and say, God, what are you calling me to do today? Let's move on. Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul said, don't be anxious about anything. If you've been following the series, though, you, you may remember that the reason why Paul wrote this letter was that he was sending Epaphroditus home after he'd been really sick. You may even remember what he said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 28. Therefore, I'm more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. One of the reasons why Paul sent Epaphroditus home was that he would have less anxiety. And now he says, don't be anxious about anything. What's up with that? 
They are two different Greek words that are used there. Um, and it would be better to translate what Paul was saying to Epaphroditus as anxiety and what he's saying to us in Philippians chapter 4 as worry. They're connected and they are related, but they're probably not the same. Anxiety is a state. Worry is something you do in that state. You, worry is something you... Anxiety, you're feeling it. But worry is something that you just go over and over and over. You, you worry it. Uh, uh, you, you worry on it. You dwell on it. You slice and dice it. But you don't get very far with worry. Same uh, word that Paul uses in Philippians 4, don't be anxious. It's the same word that's used by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life or what you'll eat or about your body or what you'll, you'll wear. Don't worry about your life. Is, is not uh, life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? When Jesus is talking about worry, he's using the same word as Paul does in Philippians chapter 4. He says, your worry doesn't do much. Trusting God instead of worry is a, is, is a better way. That's why a number of versions, like the New Revised Standard Version, translates verse uh, 6 of Philippians chapter 4, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Instead of going over and over and over again with something a hundred times, Paul says, let your worry prompt prayer. Notice how he says to pray. You pray about something. You bring it before the Lord. Instead of just worrying about it, I wonder what's going to happen, I don't know, I'm, I'm afraid that this might happen, that might happen. That's your prompt. That's your prompt to pray. So you're going to bring that to God. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. Lord, I pray about this situation. And it says with prayer and supplication, which is kind of humbly asking God what you want to do, what, what you want him to do. Humbly make your request to God. Um, it also goes on to say, make these requests in the context of thanksgiving. When you give thanks for what God has done, it has a way of grounding you in him. So when the storms of life come, you know you are his child. You know that he is with you. You know that you have eternal life, both for this life and for the next. So instead of worrying, you're anxious, but instead of going over and over and over and over again in your, your mind and getting on that hamster wheel that just spins and spins and spins, say, I'm going to use that worry as a prompt to prayer. Now, if you're really anxious, you'll be tended to worry in prayer. 
oh God, help, oh God, do something, oh God, please, 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 please. and our, our prayers, God hears those. But I would encourage you in those cases to take a breath, deep breath, say, hey God, I'm really concerned in this situation. I, I, I'm afraid of what's going to happen. So Lord, I bring this to you in prayer. And here is what I want you to do in prayer. Here's what I want you to do. Would you heal this or give the doctors the right advice or Lord, help my heart or whatever it is that you want God to do, humbly ask him. And Lord, I remember what you've done in the past. You've saved me. You've walked with me. There have been other times when life has been pretty hard and I know that you've been there. You were with me then, you will be with me now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And here's his promise to you, Philippians 4, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's God's promise to you. And when he says it'll guard your heart, if, if you're a hockey fan, the best way to express this word would be to, this will goaltend your heart. Um, it would, this peace will, will block and save you from the pucks of worrying and anxiety. And if one of those pucks gets past you, that's your key to say, whoops, I missed that. I'm back into the worrying phase. That's my cue to start to pray. That's my cue to start to ask God for what I want. It's my cue to give thanks. What would happen if you put this into practice? Where your worry was a prompt to rejoice in the Lord always and remember what he has done. What would, it, would happen if you, you use your concern about the world and about people in your own life and about the situations you face as a prompt to prayer? Well, here's what would happen. You and I would become people of prayer. You would listen to the news and that would be a prompt to prayer. You would walk out into the streets and where you see signs of COVID, and if that worries you, that would be a prompt to prayer. You would talk to a friend and you would hear their worry, and that would be a prompt to prayer. You would become a person of prayer. One of the goals of our church is that we would be a church of prayer. If we would take all the worries and anxieties that we see coming in our direction and use those as prompts to pray, we'd meet that goal. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about 
anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word that shows us how to walk in relationship with you even when we're anxious. Thank you for your word that shows us how to abide in you even when life has gone sideways. Lord, I pray that this week you would allow us to use our anxiety, our worry, as prompts to prayer. And Lord, I know that you keep your word, so I'm praying for your peace that transcends all understanding. I'm praying that it would walk with us in goaltender hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.